welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. I'm Neil Grogan here with Matt Statler. And we are back. We've kind of been on a little bit of a hiatus uh, recently. We have been in the winds, I think, is one way we could say that. What do you think, Matt? Is that Matt? a Navy term? Uh, it might be a Navy term. term. In the winds. Um, in the winds. Our sails were full as we've been traveling all over. I was in Ohio for a week. Uh, Matt, you were up in, was it Phoenix? Up in Phoenix, yeah. It was about a three-hour yeah. drive north. Right. So things have been a little crazy, so we're... Glad to be back. Uh, sorry, not sorry for taking a little break, <laughs> but we needed to do it. Yeah, but, something, you know, something you can do is subscribe, and that way you're <laughs> notified every time we post a new one, just in case something like this comes up, because we're, right. we're trying to get ahead. I mean, we're trying to get a couple episodes recorded beforehand, uh, but sometimes it's just not possible. Uh, you know life happens, and, and people get busy, and so... Um, if you, yeah. if you want, go ahead and subscribe, that will help you be notified. And I know in my inbox, I get hundreds of subscription emails. I just delete them all. So just be aware that that may be what happens, <laughs> but we would love to have you subscribe just so that if we do take a day or, or a couple of weeks off, you'll be notified. Yeah. And you can always check out our social media on Facebook and uh, we also post things on there, like when we're not uh, recording, that yeah. could be, prove helpful. Um, but anyways, let's let's get back into it, Matt. Um, you know, I was just thinking about when I got out of the Marine Corps, um, the, there was, at the time, I think there was this really, uh, this uh, attractive... Um, kind of personality for for most military or service members when they get out, and it was this uh, idea of the dysfunctional veteran. Have you ever heard of that, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Um, usually, you know, we we see tame versions and we see um, extreme, extreme versions. versions, right? And you know, the extreme <laughs> versions will have like well, every single shirt that they own has some kind of yeah. veteran signaling um, yeah, symbol. Look at, a look at me symbol. A look at me symbol. And then when you do talk to them and you want, because you're, oh, you're proud of your service. I'm proud of my service. And yeah. it's nothing but woe is me, doom and gloom. And, right. you know, and and it's just like, it's all like a mixed signals. Uh, but you and I, after working with so many of these veterans, I think we realize that there's a, a heart need somewhere in there, don't you? Yeah, totally. Well, I was just thinking too. So that that would that's a good characterization, Matt, of the extreme side. But the other more subtle side is, you know, maybe maybe having an unapproachable face on yourself. Um, yeah. You might have some sort of hat uh, and a beard, maybe. But um, basically, when people look at you. They don't necessarily want to approach you. They kind of stand off of you. And, you know, when I got out of the Marine Corps, uh, man, that's kind of the way I, I wanted things. I didn't want people all in my my business, you know. But, I, you know, I started going to a school and finding out no one would talk to me. <laughs> and yeah. I, I couldn't figure it out. I felt like I was happy. I didn't know what was, you know, I was very uh, not self-aware, you know, but I got into this class, an intro to Christian ministry class, and man, I, I looked down the uh, the aisle 
and there was another one who looked like me. Matt, do you do you recall who that could have been? Uh, I'm pretty sure that it was me because I was the other angry looking guy with a beard and tattoos, and uh, we just did yeah, not we fit just in to the typical. We just looked at each students. other, right? It's, it's like, like what, what are moments. you about? <laughs> one of those moments. No, I, I definitely remember uh, re- noticing you um, with with your dog and um, obviously beard, tattoos, et cetera. And, and I was like, okay, here's another veteran in this Christian right. ministry thing. And, um, and I was open to trying to find an opportunity to have a conversation. Right. Uh, but yeah. I don't think it happened so, for several weeks. No, no. But we were in a, a quote unquote work kind of atmosphere that yeah. uh, would get us in the same room together at least. Right. But, but I remember, a couple of weeks later, walking by the student lounge and seeing you sitting in there reading uh, a systematic theology book by uh, old Grudem, No Way Wayne, yeah. you know, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, struck, we struck up a conversation over that. And the rest is history. We've been friends ever since, you know, but I but I think about um, God's providence in that number one, because yeah. I didn't really I wasn't in the in the business at that time of making friends. But I think it taught me some things on how to make friends. And, you know, we we're doing this uh, little mini series on spiritual friendships. And we talked a lot about like the aim and the goal of a spiritual friendship, what it looks like in scripture, you know, what direction are they headed, so on and so forth. But but there's also some disciplines we have to have as friends, right? That's right. We have to do some things. And Kent Hughes wrote this really incredible book called Disciplines of a Godly Man. And he actually lays out, and this is good for ladies uh, or, or fellas, you know, um, some different disciplines in the context of friendship for us to maintain and to, and to um, invest in that will help cultivate deeper friendships, one, and just make friends easier, you know, if you're like, right. if you're like us and you you have that that problem with your face that makes you look kind of more unapproachable and um, you may you know you may have lots of friends my my recommendation to you is men or woman um, right. write these down as you hear them and use it as like a uh, a test sheet or an evaluation um, mm-hmm. am i doing this with my friendships and that may lead you to have a deeper relationship with people um, or it could show you maybe where some of the the weaknesses in your friendship areas are. Uh, so yeah, just, yeah. just be, listen in to the different categories. Yeah. I think it's important. It, we can do one thing real quick, Matt. Absolutely. I got two, two phrases. I want us to think through strong ties versus weak ties. And what are the things we do in our relationships that cultivate strong ties or do we remain in this weak tie, weak tied together, you know, um, something easily breakable or uh, not very, um, it's just not very strong, you know, is that person going to show up for me? I'm not sure, you know, they might, they might not. Um, But what we're, what we're after is building these strong ties with one another. So, yeah. So obviously, if it's a spiritual friendship, kind of the first thing is prayer. Mm. Um, you know, how often do we pray specifically for God's help in affecting inward changes um, for us to be able to be to 
have the capacity for friendship. Yeah. Um, I know for me, I had been betrayed uh, by friends with um, one of my, um, one of my friends just, you know, uh, went after one of my, my, uh, well, well, went after my ex-wife um, and, you know, to, to sleep with her. Right. And he was a best friend of mine and we were um, going and doing stuff together. And that was, he wasn't really a good friend, but mm-hmm. that, you know, that was, that was a, a level of betrayal that I hadn't really experienced before. And so that closes me up. And then, you know, then I had made friends with a guy and, and he ended up dying on that deployment um, on my last deployment to Iraq. And so for me, I just really shut out the idea of friendship um, because I've been hurt because of the betrayal. Sure. And so uh, part of the process of making new friends is praying through some of the past hurts uh, and your own hardness of heart uh, towards friendship. And mm. so that's one thing. What about prayer for you, uh, Neil? Yeah, I think it. I, I one of the things I hear a lot is I am not good at trusting others. I hear people say that. Why? I'll ask, you know, who who's in your life influencing you? helping you, engaging you, um, from, from a friendship, you know, standpoint, uh, of the same sex. And usually I get from guys, uh, even sometimes from ladies is like what you said, man, I just don't trust. And so, um, part of that prayer begins with God, will you change me? Will you, um, affect my heart in a way that would glorify you and cultivate these, these relationships that, that you tell me in your word are good for me? You know, I mean, the Proverbs tell us, you know, woe to him who has no one to pick him up when he falls down, (laughs) you know, no, no, no brother to pick him up, you know, Um, it's a, it's a warning. So another thing you can pray for and man, so I grew up in a um, difficult area of Dallas, more difficult. I didn't have a lot of friends, especially Christian friends growing up. And, you know, me and my mom, we used to sit up at night and we would pray that God would send me a friend one day. And, man, I went through my entire, like, um, I mean, legitimately, probably kindergarten through 12th grade, you know, without any real deep spiritual friendships like this. I mean, not until I was a man did I develop some of these uh, friendships. Um, but those were things that we prayed about, you know, even as a young boy, Um and it's something we should pray about as adults as well. God, would you send me these kind of relationships to have, these friendships to have? Um, if you need a good friend, hey, the best place to start is by asking the Lord for one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and here's another thing, Neil, I was just thinking about as we were talking, is is in my friendships, I have different levels of friends. Um, yeah. I have close, close friends like you and I where we share um, just the dark nights of our souls and the different things sure. that happen. Um, and then I have more surface level friends and I have some middle, middle of the road friends where I'm testing out the friendship. Um, and so friendship is not as more of a spectrum in many ways than just a black or white uh, scenario. But I do know that there are people who are friend who consider me really close, like their best friend sometimes. And it takes me off guard because I'm just being friendly, if that makes yeah. any sense. And so at times people were like, oh, yeah, this is my best friend. And I'm like, well, I don't really feel the same way. Um, and it's because I was so closed off and, and my heart was not ready 
uh, to open up. And so I had to pray a lot about it and say, God, um, why am I not trusting this person? Have they shown uh, a lack of trustworthiness? And, and nine times out of 10, they haven't. It's just my own personal hesitation. And so um, being open to, you know, who God brings in your life and um, not being so desperate for any friend that you're going to immediately make them your bosom buddy, I guess, is a one way to put it. <laughs> bosom buddy. <laughs> I don't even I don't know, even know what what, I don't even know how to take that. <laughs> I don't either. But kind of like David and, and Jonathan with the, the closeness there that they have and Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have to have a posture of friendliness and that's right. the next thing. So the first one's prayer. The second is friendliness. Um, you know, being consciously cheerful, able to ask questions of the person, maybe placing yourself in situations where friendships happen. Um, you know, the sad thing in, in most of our, in our society today is where do we find friends? Well, usually at the bar. Right. That's usually where people go to find or mingle or, or anything like that. And um, this, that's the sad, the sad thing about it is the bar. And so if, if you're trying to stay away from that life, well, where do you go to find friends? Hmm. Well, you have to be open to go into a, a men's Bible study or a home group or a men's breakfast group or um, just keeping your ear to the ground, maybe finding a place to serve in the church where you're going to meet other men. I mean, that for me was really powerful was I started helping out in the parking lot and through the parking lot uh, duties, I found a guy and he was talking about the prayer meeting. And so he, he invited me to the prayer meeting. And then I went to the prayer meeting and um, just develop friendships through the service. Hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, I think our natural disposition is not friendliness. You know, I, I, you know, you hear people throw this all, out all the time like this person an extrovert that person's an introvert they're just more they easily go get people you know and and i think for the extrovert it's harder to keep friends maybe it's easier to get them initially for the introvert it's maybe a little more difficult to get them initially but it's easier to keep them long term you know um because there's not this neediness of the relationship (laughs) you know um but nonetheless, I think um, it would be a cop out for us to say it's not something we need to work at in general. Sometimes it just means putting yourself out there. You know, like you said, going to a Bible study or or uh, someone's house, small group, so on and so forth. Uh, you you put yourself in a position to make friends and in, right. in, in opportunities of fellowship, right? And then actually fellowship with other people. <laughs> Don't just like sit there in the corner and, um, you know, keep your, keep everybody at arm's length. You were created for community and that, that requires you to be known and to know others. Right. Yeah. And you know, my, my son has really had a hard time making friends. My oldest, he's kind of nerdy and, um, he was really immature last year at school. And so this year his, he was sitting in the car and, you know, he was like, dad, no one wants to play with me, you know? And as a dad, your, your heart just breaks, right? You're, you're, you start, you would just want to cry. Cause you're like, man, no one wants to play with my son. How lonely that must be. And so I asked him, I said, well, do you talk to any of the, of the kids? What do you talk about? Right. Do you have questions that you ask about their life or is it all about you? 
And so we started developing just some conversational questions um, to show interest in somebody else. And so maybe, maybe that's you, maybe you aren't good at conversation. So practice, look up, what are some conversational questions to ask, um, just to get some practice, um, yeah. having it, you know, so when you go to the men's Bible study, maybe have some questions to ask. That's, um, that's pretty common to ask about, right? Ask about their family, ask how things are going with the kids at school. I think pretty soon if you ask the right questions and begin to be a good listener, uh, you'll start to develop relationships and, and that's oh, important, totally. but it means that and you totally. put some value, right? You're putting value right. into it. The next and, thing. Yeah. Is, I ahead, think, Dan. I think what that, what that says or what you're saying, Matt, is that you have to work at it. Right. Like there's some yeah. certain things you have to work in. It might be, you know, researching different, ice breaking type of questions to get to know people, that's you know, or that's right. It's, it's hard to open yourself up. It feels, yeah. it feels weird, but I mean, so does riding a bike or any other activity. And, and we're so used to like social media and text messaging. We haven't really done a good job developing face to face conversation. And that's really where these relationships develop. Yeah. And when you have those relationships, right? Like you have to work at maintaining them to That's continue right. to invest in them, you know, I mean, good grief. Part of the reason I feel like we did this podcast was so that we, <laughs> we could maintain our uh, contact with each other, you know, cause we are friends. And, uh, when you moved out to the desert, That's um, right. on the three ten to Yuma, no, <laughs> Sierra Vista, but, yeah, when you moved out that way, you know, it, it makes it harder to maintain your relationships, right? With When there's distance. So you have to work at maintaining things like that. Yeah. I mean, and, um, and what distance, you know, will will do that for sure. Totally. What is, um, what do you find the easiest thing to do with your friend is when you're in a difficult circumstance? Um, what do you mean? I think, I think. Like when you're talking with a friend and you have and you're in the midst of a hard time, you know, I think probably one of the biggest things you do is you vent, right? Yeah, yeah. You vent to each other. You, I mean, maybe grumble is the better word. You grumble and complain, yeah. you know. You're, but one of the unique things that friends do for one another is they um, affirm the things that matter in each other, right? right? So like say Matt, you know, called me and was really struggling with this sermon that he preached and thought he just did not do good, you know? And, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I have an opportunity, right. To affirm him in the calling that God's placed on his life, uh, the giftings that God has given him and to remind him of where this glory is to go. It's not for Matt, it's for God, you know? So, in a, in a relationship like that, in a friendship, um, you have opportunities to affirm each other. Uh, what, what has been a, a meaningful kind of maybe memory don't have to be us, but just in general of, uh, an aff affirming relationship, like having an affirming relationship, what fruit has that bore in your life, Matt? Yeah. You know, it's one of the things like, I know that if I bring, up one of my struggles to Neil, I'm not going to get a pat on the back that's simplistic. 
Um, and so when, when I, you know, when I say, oh man, I'm really having a, a difficulty with my spouse or, you know, my, my job is hard here or, or something, right. Or man, we're just having some financial issues. You know, Neil's not going to say, oh man, that sucks. And, and just kind of commiserate with me. Um, though there is some of that, of course, but there's a lot of questions like, well, what makes you think that, right. Mm-hmm. Or where are you getting that information or how have you thought through it? And, and really you don't just come out and say, Oh man, you're so good. And you're so, such a wonderful guy. And, um, you know, you not, it doesn't come across syrupy, but you, you deserve ask, better. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve better, but it is true affirmation, not just a compliment, but yeah. a real, um, strengthening or solidifying, and, and I, I really feel like it gives me a sense of boldness. Mm. So, so I'm, I'm trying to think of a recent example. Um, some, yeah, somebody had, had gave, given me some critique about something I had said in my sermon or how I had said it. And I messaged Neil about it and said, oh man, you know, like this, this is starting to turn. I'm, I'm starting to see the direction that it could happen, which is, you know, is normal in, in most pastoring situations. And, right. and Neil was like, well, what, what was he trying to, what was he saying? You know, and, and do you think that that's what you've been doing and have you looked back and, and it was just really helpful because we walked through it. And at the end of it, I was like, no, I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to continue to be bold. And, um, that to me is really the power of, of affirmation. It, it encourages us to be stronger together. Oh, um, totally honest, right? It's, it's honest. And so it's not like Neil and I are over here just swapping compliments to each other but it's like your beard is so glorious yeah you have such a glorious beard and um you just you do stuff so well or or you have such a great voice but it's but it really is like affirmation with a purpose man and and Mm. i I just can't say enough good things about having someone that won't just be like oh yeah that's terrible oh man that's that's horrible but someone that actually helps you moves you forward, right? Yeah. Moves you forward in life. Uh, what about you, Neil? Yeah, I have a, a really close friend, Justin, uh, and we meet weekly uh, also. But one of the things that Justin does, I think this might be a, a good way to define affirmation, a health, uh, healthy <laughs> definition for it would be like encur- encouragement towards faithfulness. Mm, um, yeah. And I think that's what godly affirmation is. It's an encouragement, whether it's in the form of, uh, you know, admonishment. I think that's a positive warning. You know, it's a, it's an encouragement towards the right thing. Um, but man, Justin just, um, does a really good job at helping me see things like, Hey man, you're going at both ends. Like you're going to burn out. You know, I want to encourage you this week to look for opportunities for margin and for rest. When are you going to let me know uh, your schedule, you know, and like or else I won't, you know, like he knows me. So um, that's been so valuable in my marriage and in, you know, my life in general. Um, And, you know, I have I have a few friends. You're one of them. Uh, that do that for me, that encourage me towards faithfulness, which is what God's calling us to, right? He's yeah. calling us to faithfulness, not victory, but but faithfulness to him. And that's we want friends in our lives 
we want to work at having friends in our lives that do those things and we that we do those things for others as well um but in order to do that really well you got to do what you got to listen right yeah you have some listening skills um let's see uh one of the probably most difficult things for men i feel like is listening to hear and not listening to fix and man sometimes that uh you know i like, I know, I know both Matt and I've done it to each other where we've like sent each other something and then the other person like provides a quick solution and just like, I already thought of that fool. You're not even letting me finish my sentence, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and that's something we got to work on, right? Like in general, right. we have, we have to be quick to listen. Uh, let's see. He says, um, when people find, that they are listened to by you, uh, they will know that they are important to you. Uh, and I think that's a good, a good picture of that. Um, yeah, not just listening to respond necessarily, but just being present and hearing someone. Um, I had a friend who was uh, on his deathbed mm -hmm. and, um, and he, uh, you know, just sharing some things with me and I shared some things with him and we, we just cried and, and sat together, you know, listening to one another. Um, and then even, even more so when he became, uh, unable to communicate, um, at one point I would go over there and just read scripture to him. And, uh, but he would, I mean, he was listening. You could see his, his face, like, uh, it was beautiful, but man, friendship is about investing and in hearing one another, um, so that you can event, you can point them to Christ and, and to remind them that they're not alone. Cause sometimes it feel, it's easy to feel that way. Right, Matt? Yeah. And, and I think listening to in many ways, when we have conversations and, and maybe this is more of a man approach or just a cultural thing, but we, we basically, we speak and we get a product, right? Mm. So I say something to Neil and he gives me the answer. Neil says something to me, I give him the answer mm. and that's how we think of it. But really, I think it's more like a bunch of micro loans going back and forth where the conversation is important, but it's more important in the fact that we're transacting back and forth, back and forth continually. Um, and so we're building up a, a series of um, trust. I mean, honestly. Mm -hmm. And so when we have these conversations, it's not always just like, well, I want to fix your problem, even though that can happen in a, in a conversation, sure. but it's more um, investing time and kind of right. maybe verbally affirming one another and, which leads us to acceptance, hmm. right? We know that um, life is full of rejections, all sorts of rejections, awkwardness and silences and, um, you know, you name it. And we all put our, our uh, guard up, right? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be hard because we have to discipline ourselves to be accepting of others and, um, and pay attention to others, you know, putting down our cell phones and looking at each other in the eye and, um, maybe trying to be a little inviting in your conversational aspect. Right. And, and, mm. and, and I like how you mentioned we're, we're not listening to respond, 
what we're listening to hear uh, because that's so often what we do, right? We listen to what they say and then we, we want to say our piece. And so we, we just only listen so that we can work our, our little segment into it. Yeah. I was doing some uh, observation time for my counseling um, this last week. And one of the things the the guy who was overseeing all of us in this kind of cohort one of the things that he would comment on was whether or not you had a good ethos, an inviting ethos, like people want to talk to you because you're inviting them in and you're asking good questions and you're, you know, you're accepting whatever they say. And I think uh, that that's something you have to work at um, for one, like controlling your body language. Um, <laughs> I've, I've seen guys who, are sharing very hard things with other men and they say something that a guy like smirks or like scoffs or, you know, has a visceral reaction. And then there went that opportunity for a friend, you know, um, we have to control our face. We have to, um, desire to accept, to, to bring people in and not have people on fringes, you know, and that takes, that takes work, you know, it takes, and an accepting attitude and also, you know, a hospitable nature in general, um, the, which kind of leads us to our last discipline of a friend is to be hospitable or to have hospitality. Um, I think the best way I could probably shore up hospital hospitality, whether or not you nailed it or not, <laughs> is if you left people with the impression to come back soon. Right. Um, I think that's, to me, that's the best way to, to capture it. Um, when they leave your house, when they leave your presence, do they want to come back? You know, and that, that is a direct reflection of how you just treat people, you know, and how you love on people. Uh, what about you, Matt? What do you think about it? You know, I, I think I find hospitality so tricky, um, because, I grew up in West Africa, and so the culture of hospitality is is different than American sure. hospitality. In American hospitality, there's a lot more drawbridges and moats. There's a lot more um, isolate, you know, isolation. Like you can come to my house, but you have to text me first, call me before you get here, and right. possibly send a letter. Right? Like there's a, a whole um, system in place. Yeah, there's rules because we want to be, you know, we want our own thing. And and then when the you come to the house, there's like expectations for the home, right? Is the laundry put away somewhere where nobody can see it? And and we start building up all these, I don't know, difficulties. And then we say, well, let's just let the women deal with it. Or that's my wife's job is to be hospitable. Um, but we see the, the, the biblical mandate for hospitality. Uh, we, we are as men required to be hospitable. Mm -hmm. And, and so for me, that's been a struggle is like, I like my isolation and then sometimes people are inconvenient. Right. And, and I have to be okay with inconvenience because I, I, I love these people. Right. And I care right. for these people and I want them around. And so, um, it's hard to not be like, okay, time's up time for you all to leave right and, and to do so in a way that's um that's generous so that's that's it's always tricky for me i'm and you know in full disclosure like i i love yeah. 
having people over and I love at, in fact, I'd rather have them come to my house than they go to someone else's house. Uh, but on the same time, it's just such a tricky balance. And so that's, a, that's an area that I really um, have to be more disciplined in is how can I be more hospitable? And, and that's tough. Yeah. And I mean, I think uh, one big obstacle people place is that they won't invite other people over to their house, you right. know, like they won't open their home up uh, for fear of whatever, maybe they won't like this or that. You know, I remember having uh, Matt and Jessica over to our house uh, with, with their kids a few years ago. And um, man, my kids are just acting. Um, what, what, what's the term? A fool, I think. And right. uh, acting a fool. Yeah. Acting a fool. And I remember kind of feeling a little embarrassed about it. Um, but you know, hey, guess who else's kids were acting a fool? That's right. Matt's kids. <laughs> yeah. And and another thing that was cool is like after that, Jessica and Brittany, our wives, went and got their nails done together. And, you know, they started to build somewhat of a friendship. And so, um, you know, but you have to open yourself up to that. If it's just like, right. hey, we talk to each other when we're at work. Um, or when we're, you know, at school or whatever it is, that's, that's not that same kind of relationship that we're talking about. You got to get up in each other's lives and their business and, and do life with each other. Um, and, and I think it's important as we close this one out, Matt, um, to just think through like, man, man, Christ did life with other brothers. That's right. Um, even the women of Luke chapter eight um, talks about Mary Magdalene and Johanna and Susanna. And those, those ladies, that little crew comes back up like four more times, you know, throughout Luke yeah. and in the acts, you know, and, and they're together, they're doing life together. They're friends. And um, man, whether it was Jesus in the garden, asking his brothers to pray for him, um, I'll, I'll be it. You know, they didn't do necessarily a great job, but they were still petitioning on his behalf, you know, uh, or Peter, you know, just loyal to a fault, you know, chopping that ear off of the, the soldier, you know, that right. Jesus, you know, had to fix. But why did Peter do that? You know, it's because he loved Jesus, you know, Jesus yeah. had to have these deep relationships with these men. It's and funny. he was uh, ready to fight, but not to stay up and pray. <laughs> I know. I'm, hey, man, I'm I'm a play to my strength, son. Yeah, <laughs> I'm real tired, but I can swing a sword. I'm here to sleep, but and cuts people's ears off. Like <laughs> uh, my question is, how do you miss a whole head? You know, but yeah, I know. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but man, not our like shoulder, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. All that to say is that our Savior, who has left us in with this perfect example, um, has paved the way and has shown us how to do these things. And and I think if 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 we were to read the Gospels together and we were to really consider each conversation Jesus has, he's he has heart conversations yeah. with everybody. And in the context of building strong ties and strong friendships, you should be concerned and you should consider that other person's heart. And that's what it's about. Um, that's right. And it, 
And if you have someone that does that for you, I mean, the, the benefits and the fruit of that is, uh, beyond your imagination, you know, to be honest, any closing thoughts, Matt? No, I, th- I think, um, you know, in, in this book, Kent Hughes, uh, disciplines of a godly man, he, he lists out some, you know, some different, um, things you should do. And one of them is write down the name of, of every friend you have and why you think that they're a friend or a close friend. Um, and I, I think that could be a beneficial tool because we can say, oh, yeah, I have lots of friends until we put them down on paper. And then we realize maybe I don't have as many as I thought. Uh, and right. so that that would be a, a wise move on your part. And then become int- intentional about cultivating friendship uh, with the ones you have and the ones that you might possibly run across. And um, I know it's some, an area that I continue to grow in. I know Neil is continuing to grow in it. And, um, you know, Lord willing, we'll continue until we, we leave this earth. And so um, that's my encouragement to you. Also, part of being a good friend would be to share and like <laughs> our podcast and our uh, website and all our, you know, our social medias. Um, but, but on a serious note, if you, if you would, we would really appreciate it. Uh, get the word out. Uh, we enjoy it. It's really more for our enjoyment, and hopefully it's edifying to you, builds you guys up um, and word. girls up. And so uh, please like and share. And Neil, I'll hand it back to you. Yeah, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. Until next time, we out. Uh-huh.